Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we are finishing the very first parak of Mishnah's Maisros with Mishnah Zion and Mishnah Ches. Today's learning should be in Le'ilu Nishma Saramina Bas Simcha Rabin. My great grandmother passed away yesterday. Hayayin Mishayak Fe. Wine once it is skimmed. What does that cryptic statement mean? So again, we're discussing at what point we consider various fruits and vegetables to be to be gemar melacha, meaning that the it's fully processed, and once it's fully processed, now it's subject to the laws of tevel, meaning one is not allowed to partake and even eat a chilas araya snack from it. Whereas prior to it being totally processed, then one's allowed a snack on the fruits and vegetables without removing the maestros from it. Why as Wine and oil, or for that matter, grapes and olives, they are considered gemar malacha once you turn it into wine and oil, which are the final product of grapes and olives. Our Mishnah is going to tell us at what point we consider the wine to be finished. In order to understand that, we need to go back in time to understand how one of the ancient wine presses worked. So the way they worked was essentially like this. There were two parts to it. There was the upper wine press, that's the part where they would crush the grapes. Think of Lucy jumping around in the big vat, making a big mess. And as they would, again, it was upper part, when I mean upper part, it was, it was higher up. And as they would step on it, it would cause the grapes, the wine, the, the juice to leak out. It would flow down a surface, and there it would end up in a, as it flowed down the surface, it would eventually end up in a cistern, which is a well that's man-made, and it's lined, the walls are lined, so things don't seep out or seep in. So again, you step on the grapes in the upper, in the upper wine press, it would then, go, the juice would go on the slanted surface down into the cistern. In the cistern, it would ferment. Now, obviously, when you're stepping on all the grapes, you're going to end up having impurities, such as stems and you're going to have the skin and seeds that are going to end up flowing down along with the juice into the lower cistern. But as the wine ferments and the, the uh, alcohol process happens, the, there's going to be almost, almost a bubbling of the whole process happening, and part of what's going to happen, part of what's going to occur is the seeds and the, and the skin and all those impurities are going to rise to the surface of the cistern. So what's going to end up eventually is you're going to have now fermented alcoholic wine in the cistern, and all the impurities are going to be on the top surface. And once you skim that top surface, then you have concluded the process of making wine. Thus, to read our Mishnah again, Hayayin Mishayak Yakfe. Wine is considered completely processed once you skim it. Again, now we understand what does it mean to skim it? It means you remove all the impurities at the very end of the process where you have now wine, just wine left in the cistern. Even after you skim it, however, you still may collect wine from the upper, from the upper wine press, meaning the part that's higher up, and from that pipe leading down to the cistern. All, all the wine that's left again in that pipe and in the upper wine press that is not has not been gemar malacha. There, it has not been finished being processed, and therefore one can eat from or drink from it. Achilas aray. It's only what's in the cistern that's considered fully processed. So too with oil. Now, how does one of the oil tank, the oil tanks, the, excuse me, the oil presses work? You may recall this for those who have learned Taharos, you'll actually recognize, again, it's important to know how the press is operates and how the press is composed so that in order to understand the proper uh, laws of Tuma and Tahara. But it's not, that's, beyond our, that's beyond our topic right now. But again, if you have learned Taharos, you'll recognize some of this and maybe this will help you even understand exactly what's going on there. So the way, with, the way oil would make work was they basically crushed the olives to a pulp with some sort of mortar or millstone, 
Then the olives were placed in a sack. The sack was porous. It was like a rough sack. It was porous. It was made from ropes woven tightly together. And they would take a very heavy beam. Now, this is the part maybe you know from Taros. A very heavy beam. And they would essentially lower that onto the sack to squeeze all the oil out of this pulp. The oil would flow out of the sack into a trough where it would be collected. And thus, you have olive oil. So, again, first you crush the olives. Then, you, when you have this pulp, pulpy mixture, you put it into a bag. You lower a very heavy beam on it. And then, whatever flows out of there ends up into, in a trough, which is collected as olive oil. Hashem mishyar le'uka. Oil is, con- is considered completely processed, completely finished, once it goes into the trough. That's the very end of the process. Af al pi shiyored. Once it goes into the trough, however, no dominant uckle. You still can take oil from the sack. Again, because what's in the sack is not fully processed. Similarly, ubeis hamamel. Or from under the millstone. When you crush it orig- initially to make your pulp, you're going to have uh, olives that are get stuck on the millstone. Or from between the boards. Again, between the boards of the beam. And that, what can you do with that oil? So our Mishnah tells us you can even you can put it onto a hot wafer or into a serving dish. That is, you don't have to take meisers of it, and you can even put it into these serving dishes. Now, why is that relevant to putting it into a hot serving dish? And the answer is for the next part of our Mishnah. The next part of Mishnah is going to say, although this entire time we've been discussing Gemar Malacha, there are a few other things that affect Gemar Malacha that, are, that make the excuse me, unprocessed food, ke'ilo, as if it's processed. One of them is, we discussed in earlier Masechlos, Shabbos. The Helega Shabbos, any food you eat on Shabbos, is considered Gemar Malacha, it's considered Achilles Keva, and therefore, you have to always take maestros on Shabbos, before Shabbos, you can't take on Shabbos, that's a prohibition, but before Shabbos, to eat on Shabbos, because otherwise, um, and you can't eat from it Achilles Arai. Additionally, one's not allowed to cook it. Cooking is considered metakein uh, the food to the extent that if you cook it, then it's not it's now chayv and trumas and maestros, and you can't do, use tevel on it. Says our Mishnah. Therefore, you can put it on hot surface. You don't have to be concerned. The hot surface is going to cook the oil. Avo lo You can't put oil into a pot or a frying pan, um, even when it's been removed from the fire when it's very very hot, because that's still going to cook them. Rehuda Omer no lokol who knows you can put it into anything. Except something that has vinegar or brine in the recipe, vinegar or brine, that is going to hasten the cooking. But barring vinegar and brine, you can even take this oil, which you remove from the board between the boards or from the upper from the excuse me, from the trough, uh excuse me, not from the trough, from the from the uh millstone, and you're allowed to use it achilas arai, a temporary uh, snack type of eating. What about eagle? What about figs? When are f- cakes of figs considered gemar malacha? Mishiyachalikenu. When you glaze them over, they would take these cakes of f- figs. Would take figs. They would crush. They would dry them out and crush them into these massive, these round, hard cakes. And then they would take some sort of fruit juice and rub it on it in order to give it a nice shine, a polish, like our apples you get in any store. A nice polish on them. Uh, once you gr- glaze them over, then it's considered gemar malacha. Now. If you're thinking for a moment, wait, you're taking juice and putting it on the figs, that's going to raise a whole host of other issues, namely in the area of Tumatahara. Well, let's discuss that, and let's discuss other issues that may come up with glazing cakes of figs. You're, in fact, allowed to glaze your fig cake with uh, the juice of grapes and figs that are tevel, because we assume that... The um, either the juice is going to go directly into the fig cake, or it's going to and be absorbed, or it's going to run off, and it's not considered juice. Therefore, um, therefore, it's not considered juice, and it's not a problem of using tevel. However, Yehuda also knows Yehuda says no, it's it's forbidden. You have to you have the juice cannot be tevel. You have to in fact take trumas and mice off it. 
Similarly, in Machak, our Mishnah tells us that if you glaze figs by rubbing with grapes, grapes now, or wine, it's one of the Zion Mashkin, one of the Zion, the, the seven liquids that, can, that uh, contract Tumah, it's not an issue, it's not it's not going to make the thing uh, prepared, it's susceptible to uh, becoming Tomei, becoming contracting Tomah, because again, we don't look at this as real juice, it's just the glaze that's going on, it's going to run off it, it's going to be absorbed right away. Rabbi Yehuda is consistent, Rabbi Yehuda is consistent, and he says, just like in the previous case, you can't use a glaze of Tevel, a glaze that has not you, not you have not taken off the appropriate trimus and maestros. So too, you can't. You're, we're going to assume it's considered a bona fide real juice, and therefore you can't use wine if it's going to cause it because it's going to cause it to be, be susceptible to tumor. Or you could use wine, just know it's going to be susceptible to contracting tumor. Hagagroras mishia dushu dried figs that you don't plan to make into cake. Now we're returning to our regular schedule programming of maestros. At what point are dried figs? If you're not making them into a cake, when are they susceptible? When are they considered gemar malacha? When you put them into a storeroom instead of, um, or, excuse me, when you, when you, when you, when you squash them in the barrel. Or, if you put, if you put them in the storeroom, then once you smooth out the pile. If you're pressing the figs into a barrel, smoothing them into a, uh, out in the pile in the, in the, uh, in the storeroom. Let's say you have this big barrel and you're pressing the figs in there. And then suddenly the, the you hear a crack and the, the uh, a hole opens up in the bottom, and all the figs you got in the middle, middle of pressing come tumbling out like Humpty Dumpty. They end up all over the place. The storehouse or the storehouse breaks open, and all the figs you had piled up there get blown away. Don't eat from the Marai because once you press them into the barrel, even you, though you have not completed making the full barrel, you just put, you know you plan on putting 100 figs in and 50 go in there. We consider what once it goes in there, now it's considered Gamamalaka for those that are in there, and therefore, even if the barrel opens up before you finish. Filling the barrel, we consider what's what has already been inside to be metakein, and therefore, excuse me, to be to be finished kamar malach, and therefore you have to take off the appropriate trimus and maestros. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, however, permits it and says no until you totally complete everything you're doing. You totally fill up this pile, so then it's chay, it's not chayiv and trumos and maestros. I wish you all a wonderful day.